This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay. So, you know, I'm having some really big issues right now. We're here. We're today, live. Just today? The show's happening. And I am so sick of the COVID test. Oh. Because I had a guy. I'm going somewhere tonight. Okay, yeah. And I had, they sent over a concierge person to come give me a test. You know, real fancy, like, you know, oh, they're giving the moment. VIP. The guy, I had to take the test three times. He kept dropping my stick no. on the ground. So I, he was going up in my, up in my Nose. basically brain area. And... He kept putting it in the little tube. You know how when you go to the test, you got to swipe your nose 15 seconds each nostril. You put it in the tube. You break it off. Every time he broke it off, it kept flipping out of the little tube with the water. And he did it three times. At this point, I'm damn near crying because, one, of just the sadness of the fact that I'm like, who is this amateur? Two, another thing going up my nostrils that I don't want to go up my nostrils. And then three... I just hate doing these things at this point. I don't really know what to do anymore. Well, I'm wondering if he was just nervous. Maybe he you had. A, he maybe was... he thought, yeah, you were cute. Like, oh god, I have to put this thing up this guy's no, nose, and he now was... he's kind of sexy. And no, he had on a a, a, a button down that screamed straight. So I doubt it. <laughs> don't make any assumptions. I don't know. There's that's an assumption to me. That is annoying when you have a job, <laughs> and I assume he's done it a lot to mess up that much. Also, when it's so intimate, and. It's nothing to joke around about. It makes you question that company and if you could even trust them. Yeah, and you know, I didn't want to start the show off by all the complaining, but you know what? I know y'all feel me out there. Are y'all sick of things going up your nose? I am, for sure. What happened to the swab and the spit? The spit test. This wasn't good enough. Those are the best. Well, at least you didn't have to do it yourself. I did one before I went to Hawaii and he had to teach me how to do it to myself. Which really? is really weird. Oh, like, you're just, like, no. poking up there. Like, you're like, is this enough? Is this enough? Doing it to yourself is weird. You'd rather oh someone else goodness. do it. Just saying. Well, listen, coming up on the show today, we're going to be talking more about the Moderna HIV vaccine that's in trials. That's in 30 minutes. Plus, Lady Gaga's fans are not happy and want answers. That's in the T-Report in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. President Biden announced a plan for COVID booster shots. Earlier today, our medical experts announced a plan for booster shots to every fully vaccinated American, adult American. You know, this will boost your immune response. It will increase your protection from COVID-19. It's the best way to protect ourselves from new variants that could arise. Earlier- All right, we'll be talking more about that in 15 minutes. Producer Vanessa has something. Uh, I just wanted to say... I need to be President Biden's cheerleader. Okay, President, we're gonna. He's a producer. We, we're gonna tell everyone that it's they need true. the booster shot, but Come I on. need you to give me some energy. What is this? That's all I'm no. saying. No, I agree. Actually, no, I don't agree because the president is is supposed to like knock you down a few inches. You remember when no. President Obama was in office and he looked young and fresh, like fresh out the womb, mm-hmm. and then he came out looking like <laughs> eight hundred and forty-five. That is what you're supposed to, that's what's supposed to happen when you're the president. So, I mean, at this point, with the energy that he's giving, I think he's doing a great job. By the end of this fourth term, fourth term or whatever, he's basically going to be dust. <laughs> Seriously. Damn. He is. 
He needs something because, you know, I mean, I, I need to feel some excitement. He had the excitement with when he did his Afghanistan speech, just saying. What do we want? Like, bring it on booster shot edition? Like, what are yes. we looking for here? I want some of that. Oh, All no. right, that was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in Entertainment News, Ryan? Okay, so Lady Gaga's fans are calling her out after her dog walker, who was shot, says he felt abandoned. It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. And girl, let me tell you, the little monsters are mad. Um, one Twitter user said this, Lady Gaga offered $500,000 to find her missing dogs, but is allowing her dog walker to set up a GoFundMe because he's now homeless and still struggling with his trauma. Another one chimed in saying, what is wrong with this woman? After having her dog saved, she is so heartless not to help her dog walker. A third person pointed out, that Gaga did offer to pay his $97,000 you know, medical bills, according to a Daily Mail report back in March. However, that same fan later added that it should be noted um, his bills were 100K and apparently uh, she had $500,000 to burn on a reward for the dog's safe return. So uh, my thing is, you know, it does look a little shady. Um, that he's out here homeless and trying to figure out where he's going to be next. But um, I don't know. Is that kind of her response? I feel like she did give him something. I don't think she, she would have like let... Two, like a two weeks notice or something. Like, not even yeah. a t- I feel like she she would not have let him get like go through that trauma no, and not have done something. No, she probably said, like, okay, I'm going to give you a few months of pay. But the thing There's is, more to this story. In the end, he probably can't work right now, unfortunately. But he could go on unemployment... I don't know. It's I mean, complicated. He, it sounds like he could work, but he'd rather just go across the country. Can we get him for an interview? We're, we're trying to. We're hitting him up in we, his DMs. we got to have some answers. If he's listening, I want to ask him questions because I'm not going to lie to you. He seems a little strange, but he's also going through something, so I'm trying to give some grace and space. Yes. That's your team report. I got more coming up next hour. Well, next up, more on the booster shots Biden announced today and what you need to know with the Washington Post after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. President Biden announced a booster shot plan starting September 20th. It applies only to Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. And Americans, he wants them to get a booster shot eight months after receiving their second doses. Hannah Knowles joins us right now, a reporter on the general assignment team at Washington Post. Thanks for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. So what led to this decision? So public health officials today cited some new data that convinced them that um, the protection offered by the corona vaccines for mild um, to moderate COVID infections um, decreases over time. And they attributed that to probably just the strength of the Delta variant that is now, you know, really dominant in the country. Um, And also they, they believe that probably the effectiveness of the shots does decrease a bit over time. And so while you still see people very well protected against um, severe disease, you know, hospitalization and death, um, you see it less effective for just um, infections overall. And there was some concern that, you know, maybe if we don't kind of act preemptively, maybe you could see a decline in the effectiveness against those more severe illnesses too. Well, I'm interested in how do we convince the already unvaccinated <laughs> to even get a, a booster shot, like to get the, the vaccine and then get the booster shot? It feels like, the, you know, we're not really focusing on, I guess, the things that we should be focusing on right now. Like, I just wonder, is there a plan of action when it comes to, you know, circling back around to the people who are already hesitant about the vaccine? Yeah, no, I think it's a good question. I mean, even as they're rolling out the booster plan, um, there's millions of Americans who have not gotten that first shot yet, even though it's widely available. I mean, you can just go to CVS um, and get it. So we no longer have the problem of supply. And it's completely about convincing um, a lot of the country to get the shots in the first place. Well, who are they prioritizing, though, right now for the booster? Um, so so starting um, September 20th, if, um, you know, pending some reviews from federal health agencies, they did note this caveat that they're waiting for those agencies to weigh in. But if everything goes well, they want to start offering these booster shots the week of September 20th. Um, and um, they they said, too, that uh, people should would be eligible um, eight months after their second dose of a Moderna or a Pfizer vaccine. And so. What that means is the people who got vaccinated first in the U.S. 
will be the first to be eligible for the boosters. So, you know, the elderly, healthcare workers, um, people in nursing homes. Have we heard uh, about a, bo- a booster shot for people who got the J&J, the Johnson? Uh, we have not heard about that yet. They said they want to wait um, and get some more data. Um, the J&J shots were not offered in the U.S. until March. Um, and that's just it, it's just not something that they have um, enough data on yet, they said. But they, they feel like um, booster shots um, will probably be necessary for that as well. How do you think this will change how they market the vaccine overall right now? Oh, gosh. I mean, I think there there is probably some concern among experts about, you know, does this play into vaccine hesitancy, right? Um, and so I think they were very careful to emphasize that, you know, this doesn't mean that the vaccines don't work. Um, it just means that, you know, we want to be really kind of ahead of the curve. Um, and, you know, if we see it starting to decrease, we want to really, you know, act now um, and address that. And And, you know, there are lots of illnesses, right, where people get, you get your annual flu shot. So it's not like unheard of that you would need to get, um, you know, multiple doses of something over time. Um, but I don't know. I mean, that, that I think that'll be interesting to see how this plays into um, the messaging. And I think it, it might present, yeah, a challenge for still telling people, um, you know, that the vaccine, vaccine works. They're already having trouble with that. Do you think, I mean, I know it's for, too far in the future to even probably know, but I wonder, do you think this, is this going to be the only booster shot that we'll all need? Oh, gosh, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah I really, I would not know at all. Um, and I don't know, maybe that maybe the scientists would know, but I imagine that even they would say we're not sure yet, probably. Perfect. Boosters on boosters on boosters. <laughs> you know, okay. <laughs> I see us getting in like every year or something. You just never know. True. Uh, that was Hannah Knowles, reporter on the general assignment team at The Washington Post. Thanks so much. Next up, we're going to be talking more about Moderna's experimental HIV vaccine that is next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Moderna will start trialing its experimental mRNA-based HIV vaccine as early as tomorrow. Dr. James Simmons is back with us. He's got all the health advice and answers. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Now, how historic is this? I mean, this is really tremendous. The last time we had any sort of HIV vaccine that made some headlines and we thought was going to go in the right direction was actually conducted in thailand um, in the early 2000s and it did not work out but others have been trying to approve upon it since then but what's really fantastic about this is that the mrna technology which has actually been around for a little while they've been working on it for things like the ebola vaccine which it didn't work well Um, And then they updated the technology and realized, hey, this works for COVID, right? It's the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. That's that's how they're created with that mRNA technology. And they thought, okay, this works really great on kind of a tough virus, SARS-CoV-2. What if we can make this work on HIV? So they are have gotten approval to start human clinical trials now. These are just phase one, though. Um, And those could potentially start, um, like you said, as early as this month. Yeah, it's so interesting, um, and it, it's kind of exciting, but I know this th- whole thing is at its early stages, which how does this trial work? Are they, like, going to do it in similar ways that they're, they're, they were doing it for Moderna and Pfizer in that way of, like, you know, giving it to some people who don't have it and some people who do have it? Like, what does that really look like in, the, in that sense? Very good. So you're going down a clinical road of, like, what do these trials look like? So they started off trialing it just in a Petri dish in a lab, and then they move on to mice. And uh, then where they go from there is humans. And what happens in these human trials is that you give this to individuals at different groups. You have a control group, right, who is getting the vaccine. And you have a, a group that is not getting the vaccine. And those individuals go about their daily lives. And if they happen to have exposure to HIV through sexual contact, then they trace those or follow those individuals across time to see if the people who did get the mRNA-generated vaccine were actually able to prevent acquiring HIV infection through sexual contact simply because of the vaccine and not any other measures. So does it mean saying mRNA? I think a lot of people think, does it change your DNA? What does mRNA mean? No, absolutely not. Um, the mr it's, it's confusing, right? Because we go back to like sort of science biology class and we're like, oh, 
mRNA sounds a lot like the building blocks for DNA. They must be similar, right? They must actually like be the same thing, which is very much not the case. I think it's really important for people to remember that mRNA vaccines do not change your DNA. That's literally not how they work. It is impossible for them to do that. It's not how that works at all. Wow. Okay, so moving forward, do you think we'll now start to see with this technology that seems like it is kind of inherently becoming like a really great thing for science and medical, you know, all things medical? Do you think we'll start getting other vaccines? you think that's kind of like what we'll see what happens here in the future? Yeah, I do. I think that this this technology is really fantastic. So far, we've figured out that it's safe. It's not perfect. It doesn't work for everything, right? It, it didn't work, at least in, in 2012 and 2013. It did not work for uh, as an Ebola vaccine. So it's not perfect. But we do know that it's really, really, really safe for most people. Um, and so developing technologies and potential vaccines and other healthcare, you know, treatments down the road using this messenger RNA technology, the mRNA, is I think it really can be something that is going to change. I mean, it's completely changed the world already with COVID. I really think it can change things like other really tough viruses like HIV, like Ebola, like some of these other viruses that we just as a species have not been able to get control of. But with this new technology, we really are going to have at least a glimpse into being able to figure out, all right, maybe this is the thing that can finally, finally deliver us an HIV vaccine. That's huge. When will we see this as we, we have 15 seconds? When can uh, we see the oh, vaccine? We're, we're a long, I think we're a long ways off. You know, a year and a half or two oh. of these phase one clinical trials, six months of data after that, then phase two, then data, then phase three. We're, we're at least four or five years away from knowing really how well this will work because they're going to go through the standard protocols that they've done before versus last year Got when it. they were going so, so fast for COVID. Well, that was Dr. James Simmons at Ask the NP on Instagram. We appreciate you as always. Thanks so much. Next up, Chris Cuomo is breaking his silence on his brother's scandal, what he had to share next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Chris Cuomo finally broke his on-air silence about his brother, Governor Andrew Cuomo's sexual harassment scandal and subsequent resignation. Uh, claiming the CNN network rules prevented him from covering the breaking news. Here's a moment from that. One more thing I do want to say about me, my brother, my family, and you. First, thank you. Thank you for reaching out. I appreciate the concern and the support. I really do. My brother, as you know, resigned as governor of New York and will be stepping down next week. There are a lot of people feeling a lot of hurt and a lot of pain right now. And my hope is that ultimately everyone involved can get to a better place. That some higher good 
This situation is unlike anything I could have imagined. And yet I know what matters at work and at home. Everyone knows you support your family. I know and appreciate that you get that. But you should also know I never covered my brother's troubles because I obviously have a conflict. And there are rules at CNN about that. I said last year that his appearances on this show would be short-lived. And they were. The last was over a year ago, long before any kind of scandal. Okay, so what do we think about this big, I guess, uh, his announcement, his share about his situation? Was he just blaming it on CNN? I mean, I I do know, I, I think, actually, I don't know that CNN does have some sort of rule around what you like a conflict of interest and it definitely was but did he try to wiggle his way out of it um i, I you know it's it, this is such a tricky situation because they are brothers and he uh, he uh, in a longer version of this clip he talked about how he's not an advisor to his brother he's just a brother who was listening to what he had to say and just saying you know figure it out like get it together but i think because of their jobs we and we talked about this before. Chris could have done a more of a way of kind of separating himself from it and making sure that the public eye did not try to say this was a conflict of interest, right? I don't think Chris cared at at this point, and I don't think he could blame CNN or he could blame anyone else for people seeing this conflict of interest and knowing that at, regardless of your job, you're like, well, that's my brother, and I'm going to, you know talk to him if I want to talk to him is kind of what I got from from that right and um I just I don't know I feel like if this is a very messy situation um because they're family and, and very I do unique. understand I mean, what other situation would ha- where would this happen I mean where someone would ha- had a political sibling and you're the anchor of a major news network yeah, and my thing is, this has happened before with Chris Cuomo, I mean, specifically last May. And so for me, it's just like, you know, this is a possibility. Um, so why not take, you know, learn from that last mistake and kind of go forward in a new way? And I just don't know if he really even cared. And to be honest, I don't even know if he if he would ever admit that he was like it actually advising his brother being like, this is what you need to do, because he actually has a safety um like a safety net because he can say, no, I was just talking to my brother. That's it. Cause Which they can't, they can't stop someone from talking to, yeah, his brother. We'll never know. Here's the thing. We'll never know. Cuomo, Andrew messy, Cuomo though. did the right thing and resigned. I think that Chris should have said something sooner, but I'm assuming there was a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't know that maybe stopped him from fully speaking out, perhaps. It's complicated. Yeah, it most definitely is, and um, I'm, I don't think we ever have to go through this again because, obviously, it's not like uh, the other Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, is going to go back into office or anything. And he will also <laughs> so have to really work hard you know? to keep himself up there in ratings and relevant so that this doesn't become the focus, you know, overshadows his career there because right now it has, and there is, there are so many great talent out there. I mean, MSNBC keeps on hiring amazing people to lead their shows, new talent, and I think CNN should be following their lead a bit. So I I, I think with in this instance, I don't want to see Andrew Cuomo on air. No, no, I said I said Chris Cuomo really needs to work hard to keep those ratings up and stay uh-huh. relevant. Meaning, like he needs to prove himself now because I think that with his contract job, it's. You know, it's time for some maybe new blood. Yeah, maybe. At a certain point. For sure. So for g- sure. Chris, get to work. Yeah. This is a get out of the situation. drama and get to work. <laughs> now, uh, coming up, a four-day work week legislation has been introduced. It's finally here, y'all. More details next on What's Turning This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We are back and we hope you're enjoying some great music here on Channel Q that is continuing. But coming up, we have a speech expert joining us to explain why Biden's Afghanistan speech did not pass the political test. Oh. Yeah, that's in 30 minutes. Plus, Megan McCain's big next move now that she's no longer at The View. That's in the Tear Report in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Joint Chiefs Chairman General Mark Milley is also speaking out on the crisis in Afghanistan. The time frame of a rapid collapse, that was widely estimated and ranged from weeks to months and even years. 
following our departure. There was nothing that I or anyone else saw that indicated a collapse of this army and this government in 11 days. And the Biden administration continues to get criticism over the strategy of how they pulled out of Afghanistan with the Taliban taking over the country within two weeks. Now, California Representative Mark Takano has begun campaigning for a bill he's sponsoring that would call for, are you ready? Huh? A four-day work week. Yes. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Takano, who's the first out gay person of color to be elected to Congress, introduced the bill in late July. It would amend the Fair Labor Standards Act to make companies pay overtime to non-exempt workers after 32 hours a week is met. And it's been referred now to the House's Education and Labor Committee. As part of a campaign promoting his 32-hour work week, he wrote on Twitter yesterday, it's well past time that Americans have more time to live their lives and not just work. Did we all just forget how Republicans treated everyone during the the pandemic where they were saying, well, if we give another stimulus check, poor people won't want to go back to work. What makes you think they're going to give us a four day week with like weekday when capitalism has such a hold on all of us? And that's the way that we're going to know. And then also in those four day work week, that means corporations may end up paying you less because you're doing less work instead of the full week. Well, the idea is to pay the same and then it's less. And they've Why shown would studies, they do that? They've shown studies that you're actually you could be more productive in a shorter amount of time. Isn't that happening in different countries, though? Yeah. But it's not happening here because the United no, States we won't is know until we try. ass backwards. <laughs> uh, well, let us know if you'd want a 32-hour work week. I would love that. Don't, don't get me wrong. I would love it. LGBT show. But let's be realistic here. This country is not going to allow it. It would require, as Takano says, a cataclysmic event. Yeah. Just like it was hard saying it, it's probably going to be just as hard as getting it done. Let's move on to uh, Governor Ron DeSantis. Talk about a conflict of interest. The Florida uh, governor who has been criticized for opposing mask mandates and vaccine passports. You know, he's been promoting this COVID-19 antibody treatment. Well... We've found out that a top donor company has invested millions of dollars. So basically, one of his donors has invested a lot of money in this company. As you can see, the connections there. He's been flying around the state promoting this monoclonal antibody treatment sold by Regeneron, which was also used by President Donald Trump after he tested positive for COVID-19. And he's been talking about this treatment since last year. Well, the research was done in Citadel, which is a hedge fund, the CEO of that company has donated $10.75 million to a political committee that supports DeSantis. How about that? It, it supposedly works, but you could see how, okay. Yeah, that should, there should be some legalities around this. Yeah. but And I thought there were, by the way. You know what? I just A lot of things seem con- like, I, sometimes I, I read these news stories and I say, how is this legal? It's probably not. It's the way America works. Or there's a loophole that, you know, corrupt people find to do whatever they want. Well, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so I thought once Meghan McCain was going off the view, we never had to talk about her again. But if you thought that too, you guessed wrong, just like me. It's time for the Tea Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So Megan McCain apparently has more to say, and she won't be saying it on The View in October. Um, the former View co-host will release an audio-only memoir called Bab Republican on Audible. Um, so Audible calls it a deeply personal narrative detailing McCain's experience as the daughter of an American icon because she'll never stop talking that she's John McCain's daughter, a conservative rebel, and a new mother. And yes, if you wanted to know this, Bad Republican quote, will also include exclusive details surrounding her recent departure from The View, which I heard 
through the rumor mill that it was a mess. Like some things went down. And if she's going to reveal that, girl, I low-key might have to take a listen. I'm Um, sure you will. It's not only that. She's also going to be touching on the awkward phone call she received from Donald and Melania and where she thinks the Republican Party and the country goes from here, along with some other things. So, I don't know. If you're interested in hearing her talk about a bad, you know, something called a bad Republican, then why not? I really want to know more about the view things because oh, I just want to yeah. know how they got her up out of there because it was way before her contract was supposed to end. They ended it early. The drunk. And I just want to know if it was her decision or if it was theirs. And I heard it was their decision. Oh, really? If we're spilling tea. Oh. Which is really shocking because she's a ratings killer. No matter if you like her killer or not. Killer in a good way. She's, yeah, not she's like, like killing, killing it for the ratings. Yeah. Like she slays it for Sometimes the ratings. Sometimes I, I mean, then I give these networks credit if, even if she's killing it in the ratings, they say this does it's not worth in the long run. Well, the tea was, it wasn't even the network. It was really like the oh, real the other tea hosts were gonna leave. is Whoopi and, yep. and Joy were going to book it out if they didn't, oh, if sure. they didn't, they if came she didn't together. Go. I don't know if they came together, but I do know Whoopi apparently was saying that she was having, um, she was kind of sick of it. She's been sick mm. of like, you know, she was able to deal with it at first, but she's not able to deal with it anymore. And that's kind of like what it was. So, yeah, you know, that's just the rumor mill, honey. You know, I'm always spilling gossip in the tea report. That's, that is your tea report. Wasn't it good? I got more coming up next feeling hour. Feeling it. It was hot. Next up, the truth behind why us humans find it hard to accept blame. What to do about that? That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Have you ever had issues accepting blame? Taking accountability can be challenging and is actually a muscle to work on. And here to help is Barry Suskin, a licensed marriage and family therapist in Los Angeles and New York, specializing in relationships. Thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. It's good to be here. Uh, So is this something that you see amongst your clients a lot? Um. I have to say most of my clients are actually pretty self-aware and um, open to looking at themselves. I think a lot of times it's the people who don't come to therapy who have trouble accepting blame. Hmm. Well, that's interesting, right? I want to know, let's start from the beginning. Where do you think that that trait kind of comes from, this idea of like not being able to accept blame? Yeah. I mean, like so many issues in adulthood, I think a lot of it comes from childhood, Um, you know, from believing that people need to be perfect, um, that they they can't do anything wrong or they will lose the love or attention of the most important people in a child's life, their parents. Um, So I think a lot of times when parents are punishing, uh, you know, if a child knock something over like all kids do, Um, you know, if they, if they take away their love or affection, a child really learns from that, that they need to be perfect. And so it becomes really hard to accept blame when they actually do something wrong. And how does that come out in adult life? So in adult life, we all make mistakes. It's part of being human and part of having healthy relationships is really being willing to look at our part in interpersonal issues that we're having with other people. And, you know, to, to continue to grow as a person, you need to be able to look at your part in conflict and think about what you're doing that might be contributing to the issues. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I also wonder when, what's the line of one acknowledging things that happened to you as a child and how that can mm-hmm. impact you and shape your experience. But when can you like stop blaming that and just start like being like, well, maybe it is, that's not just the only reason why I'm dealing with that. Because I do think you can experience things as a child and work through them and they not kind of, mm-hmm. you know, flow over to your adulthood. But I just wonder if you get to that space of just constantly being like, what happened to me as a child? So that gives me more of a reason to be that way now. It's like you start to lose accountability even there. Right. That's true. If you look at it like, oh, well, this happened to me as a child. So, you know, I have an excuse. You're right. That doesn't really make you take on accountability. But I do think that really looking at your childhood, knowing, you know, these, these influences that shaped you, 
that is a really important step toward then taking accountability because then you can say, well, this is the experience that I had with my parents. This is how they probably inadvertently, you know, taught me these, these habits that are negatively affecting my relationships. And now, now that I understand that, I'm going to start doing things differently. So yeah. I do think it's important to look at, you know, these, these kind of childhood ideas that were formed, but you're right. And then, and then once you understand them to then say, okay, but I don't have to operate like this anymore. I'm an adult and I can make different decisions that are healthier for me. Yeah. And so I, I guess there's two sides to this. How can someone get better at that process of accepting accountability and blame? And then on the other side from people that they might be having conversations around these things, how can they be better at giving feedback? I think that, you know, looking at both sides helps. Yeah, absolutely. And those two things really do go together. It can be hard to accept criticism, you know, to hear whether it's a boss or a family member or a romantic partner. Um, and there are definitely ways to offer critical feedback that is gentle and supportive as opposed to harsh and, you know, going to make somebody shut down. So um, I think, you know, using things like I messages, like when, you know, when this happens, when, when we have these kinds of conflicts, I feel unsafe um, or I feel really shut down and unheard is a much better way to get someone to open up and listen to what you're saying than saying like, you always blow up at me, you know? Um, so that's, I think a way to help someone take in feedback. Um, another way is by modeling it by saying, look, I know, I know I contribute to these issues and I want to work on it. And actually even enlisting the other person and saying, what, what do you think I can do? What can we do in this relationship that's going to allow us to manage conflict? in a more harmonious way, you know, in a way that's more respectful, um, that really honors the, the connection, you know, that we have. Um, yeah, yeah. I think to answer your other question about accepting blame, it really is, you just have to remind yourself, no one is perfect. And so if that's the standard you're trying to achieve, you're, you're going to fall short every time. So, yeah, I mean, I think just reminding yourself that it's okay to make mistakes, but the important thing is to learn and grow from them. Definitely. Well, thank you for that mini therapy session. That was Barry Suskind, a licensed marriage and family therapist in Los Angeles and New York, specializing in relationships. Hope to have you back. Thanks. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, Thanks now, for having me. Yeah, thank you. Let's move on to politicians, though. How Biden should be responding to the chaos in Afghanistan. What we can learn from politicians who just can't seem to accept blame. We're covering all the angles. That's next. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. I've argued for many years that our mission should be narrowly focused on counterterrorism, not counterinsurgency or nation building. That's why I opposed the surge when it was proposed in 2009 when I was vice president. And that's why as president, I'm adamant we focus on the threats we face today in 2021, not yesterday's threat. Today, the terrorist threat has metastasized well beyond Afghanistan. Al-Shabaab in Somalia, Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, Al-Nusra in Syria, ISIS attempting to create a caliphate in Syria and Iraq, and establishing affiliates in multiple countries in Africa and Asia. These threats warrant our attention and our resources. And that was President Biden's speech reacting to Taliban taking over Afghanistan after the U.S. pulled its troops. But was that really the best way to respond? Back with us is Richard Green, an attorney, political communications strategist and contributor to The Hill. Thanks again for being here. You're very welcome. And the very simple direct answer is no. He, he blew it. OK, so how should he have responded? Because for someone, I, I always look at Biden as someone that shows more compassion than we've seen in the past from previous presidents, but yet he didn't really show that in this case. Well, I think it's even more important than the compassion. I would say that's a second level issue. 
the primary level um, with uh, Maslow's hierarchy of, of needs, for example, and what people look to presidents and prime ministers and leaders for is safety and security. And in order for that to happen, people need to see competence and they need to see honesty. And I love Joe Biden. I was proud to vote for him. I'm delighted that he replaced the orange monster guy. But he screwed up big time because he was it was an incompetent move to not prepare for the contingency, the possibility that the Taliban would swoop in. That was that was amateur hour. Richard Engel, the NBC News correspondent, has been saying, you know, the past several days, I knew this was likely to happen. Yeah. How is it possible that the president of the United States, the entire United States military, the intelligence department, the State Department, all of his advisors didn't know? So there's a competence issue, which is what's been driving a 7% drop in Joe Biden's approval rating over the past weekend. And then the bigger issue, though, I think, is the trust issue, the honesty issue. <clears throat> if he had said, listen, I knew that it was a possibility that there was going to be an immediate takeover <clears throat> of Afghanistan and Kabul, but I chose to pursue other uh, possibilities, that's great. But they were saying, we didn't know. <clears throat> we didn't know. Richard Engel knew. Richard Green knew. Shira Lazar knew. Everyone knew this was a possibility. Why is he not being honest with us? So it's really, it really hurt him. And then where's the compassion, the famous Joe Biden compassion? I agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, I always wonder... Um if Joe Biden, I think we have these conversations when it comes to Joe Biden about him kind of being maybe not as progressive as we think. And I feel like Joe Biden comes from a school of politicians where they only give the people what they think they need to hear at the time. And I feel like, do you think that we are ever going to get this kind of transparency of Joe Biden really kind of holding accountability for, you know, the administration's actions and also just being honest? I feel like that's what he said he was going to build this administration on was kind of this transparency and honesty, but it doesn't really seem like we're seeing that because a prime example of this is it, everything kind of falling through the cracks. You know, it's easy for people. <clears throat> Listen, I think he's more transparent than the previous guy and, and most presidents, quite honestly. I think Joe Biden's a good guy. <clears throat> he, I think he is basically honest and he is very <clears throat> caring and, you know, deeply sympathetic and empathetic on a, on a human level. But here's the thing. This, I think, rattled him to the point where his defense mechanisms came up. When you say <clears throat> that someone who's been the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, who's been in the United States Senate since he was 30 years old, the earliest you could ever be, didn't understand how to handle a situation as president of the United States, I think his all of his defense mechanisms came up, and, and he couldn't go there. He couldn't say what I just said that he should say, which is that he screwed up, yeah. that it was obviously a possibility, and that he himself, you know, the, the buck stops here. I took the decision to not pursue that possibility, and I was wrong. Now, but but we're we're in fantasy land if we think that politicians are going to be perfect in those ways. Right. I think that's even what I see now here. It's just like I think it really just highlights that he's still a human at the end of the day. Of and any of us in that position, it probably would have been like, well, what are we supposed to do? It's gone too far at this point. And, and that's what I think. It's just basic human behavior. But it hurts him politically. Yeah. He will never recover from this fully. Um, it hurts the Democrats, and it certainly will hurt his reelection chances in 2024 if he chooses to run again, because competence and transparency are incredibly important. And these are things that even though people have short memories, you never forget that, just like we're never going to forget Jeffrey Tubin. You know, a lot of people say that he's also not responding now to the blame you know, um, people are blaming him and that he didn't take accountability, which you mentioned. But now after he said this speech, it's done. And now people are even coming back and saying, come on, say something else. We saw this also with Cuomo, too. What is up with these politicians having trouble taking accountability and taking the blame? 
Well, and the truth is Cuomo ultimately did take accountability. He's he's about to no longer be governor in a few days. Did he? But he was but he was but he well in his I mean, wording, he, he resigned, but in his wording it still thought I'm like, I mean, really? it seemed like he didn't yeah. <laughs> right. He took he he took accountability actually <clears throat> not really for the bad things that he did, but for the fact that he no longer had support um in the New York State Legislature, and he was about to be impeached. Right. So, I mean, that's a, I agree with you. It's a different level of accountability, but it's very hard. We have to understand, as we were saying before, these politicians are human beings. They don't like to be wrong. They don't like to be caught. And they cling to this, especially if they're narcissistically oriented, as many politicians are. They cling to this idealized image of themselves. And they're always, and also a lot of them are lawyers, right? I mean, we are trained to argue both sides. So if women, all these women are attacking Andrew Cuomo, there is a defense. It might not be a good one, but our default as lawyers is to go there. And I think our default as people who have been caught and busted doing something is to at least initially defend. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Richard Green, for joining us today. Uh, Richard is an attorney, political communication strategist, and contributor to The Hill. Have a good one. Thanks so much, Shira. Good to talk to you again. Well, next up, this woman claims she's married to this late pop star, his ghost. We'll tell you more next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So this woman, Kathleen Roberts, claims uh, not only is she's Marilyn Monroe's reincarnate, so she was reincarnated as Marilyn Monroe, but that she's married to the king of pop's ghost, Michael Jackson, as a ghost is married to her. <laughs> this just is wild. She actually wrote an article in the Daily Star, which I sometimes can't believe these companies give folks like this a platform. However, we even clicked on the link. It was intriguing, unfortunately. <laughs> um, this continues. Should I get into how crazy this is? She alleges that Jackson's ghostly presence doesn't have sex with her. That might be the question you're wondering. He likes to use her body to dancing and eat. Oh, <laughs> okay. Like he he eats off of her body, like you know those naked sushi things. You know where someone lays naked and there's sushi covered all over their body part. I have no idea how. You've never it, seen that? It's a yeah, party I know thing. that, but I have no idea how this looks as as how, how she's saying it. And his diet must be very light. <laughs> well, we know that he didn't have a lot of fat on him. Well, I mean, he's dead. He's not eating anything. Ghosts that don't is eat. not fair. Ghosts you don't, don't know eat. that. That's why I said his diet's light. How did he propose, you might ask? Or Well, she says that uh, he proposed to her clairvoyantly with a pink engagement ring. She also claims in the article that they had Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. officiate their nuptials when she was getting out of a bathtub. <laughs> you know, casually. She said that Michael stays in me all the time, so he comes to the restaurant, <laughs> the restroom with me and calls these special bonding moments toiletries. This woman needs... He, he uh, stays possessed in me, relaxed, not channeling, and just enjoying living through me and communicating with me as a husband. Out of everyone, I mean, that he chose her. So is she a medium? She says... It feels like she's a clairvoyant. Okay, so she in a way. she's a she medium. Like, yeah, some, and, and when you do connect with spirits, you could say you're a medium. But I don't believe that. What's so interesting is she does say that people mistake her for being a schizophrenic because she well, has these supernatural I wonder... Senses. I wonder why, ma'am. You're not making it easy for anyone to believe otherwise. But then, oh, so this is how he eats with her. He, you know the whole eating thing. He likes to eat in me. He loves cookies. He cusses a lot more than I expected. He likes to eat in So that meaning because little... he's possessing her, he'll be like, I'm in the mood for cookies. So you're going to eat cookies and I'm in you and I'm kind of enjoying it. Well, he's inside of her. So I would think he, <laughs> he is says, enjoying it. He's very bossy and points things out like flaws and mistakes I make. I assume he got it from his dad. <laughs> I need her to to really go to some therapy. I mean, I you know, I believe in the supernatural. This is just really, you know, out there. Including if she admits she was a fan. Like, is this that next level phantom? That you yeah, don't this is weird. Have? I'm not, no, I'm never, I don't understand it. Maybe that's just, the, you know, if she feels connected to something higher than herself yes. and feels Michael Jackson in the depths of her insides, then go for it, ma'am. But keep your crazy over there. Well, uh, as long as she's not hurting anyone else or herself, then I guess 
Have at it with Jackson in you. Um, now coming up, imagine having to pick and choose between a shower and brushing your teeth, Ryan. I know you have trouble thinking about that. The water restrictions that might be coming to California. What? Very soon. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Welcome back. And coming up, Facebook is defending Lizzo. We'll tell you why in 30 minutes. Let's get into some much trending this hour, though. Governor Gavin Newsom says mandatory California water restrictions could be coming soon. I was a bit dramatic with the choosing between your toothbrushing and your shower. But it's true. You won't be able to use as much water. I mean, uh, way back, my boyfriend said, because I didn't grow up in California, but at a certain point, you couldn't even wash your car because it was like illegal because it was a drought, right? He said, at the moment, we're doing voluntary. But if we enter into another year of drought, and as you know, our water season starts October 1st, we will have likely more to say by the end of September as we enter potentially the third year of this current drought. In the previous one, Governor Jerry Brown said that there would be a 25% reduction in water use. And the restrictions were enforced by fines. So imagine getting a bill above your water bill. You were in the shower too long, chilling out. Just saying, it's happening. And speaking of emergencies, the Caldor Fire, which started Saturday evening in the Omo Ranch area, it's 60 miles east of Sacramento, exploded yesterday morning from 6,500 acres to 53,772 acres in less than 24 hours by this morning. The expanding wildfire has already seriously injured two people, and now there's mandatory evacuation orders for thousands of residents and tourists in El Dorado County. It remains 0% contained. There's videos actually coming out on social media of Lake Tahoe right now, just with all the smoke. So I'm really hoping they figure something out and contain it because it's, it's very scary. But that was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so Alex Rodriguez, God, he is still talking about J-Lo. Like, still talking about J-Lo. You know, healing takes a, a bit of time. This just, this just happened. Just because she moved on doesn't mean he's going to. Yeah, but it's getting a little weird. Um, It's time for your tea report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. In a new interview, um, he is basically talking about this. He said in Entertainment Tonight, I had five years of an incredible life in partnership. And also with my daughters, we've learned so much. Which I don't even know why he brought his daughters into this. But they're 16 and 12. And he said now, uh, quote, they have the opportunity to take that and move forward and say, you know what? We're so grateful for the last five years. How do we make the next five years better because of lessons learned? My thing is, the big lesson learned was maybe don't cheat on J-Lo. Maybe. That's it. If that's what happened. That is what happened. He got caught red-handed. So my thing is, it's kind of your fault that you uprooted your daughters from a beautiful situation where they could have called J-Lo their stepmama. It could have happened. So he also went on to say, I'm so grateful um, for where God in the light has really put me. And I'm really looking forward mostly to see how my girls keep developing. Um, He's in a great space now, he says, um, even though ever since their breakup recently, people have noticed that J-Lo has scrubbed all traces of Rodriguez from her Instagram over the weekend. And so no photos from their past are up there anymore. She is moving forward. It was a little weird. It was reported while they were, J-Lo and Ben were in Saint-Tropez. Uh, Saint yeah, Tropez. Um, Alex was there as well, and he was riding jet skis with some girl uh, like around their boat. Oh, so great. it's giving a little stalker cray-cray. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's kind of weird. But that's your tea report. Let us know what you think um, at LGT Show everywhere. And I got more next hour. We talk a lot about building intimacy in relationships, partnerships, but what about building better intimacy in friendships? More on that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So recently, and we reported about this on the show, Lizzo posted about fat phobic and racist comments she was getting after posting her rumors collab with Cardi B. Here's a moment from that. Have people who have something something mean to say about you. And for the most part, it doesn't hurt my feelings. I don't care. I just think when uh, I'm working this hard, my, my tolerance gets lower. 
my patience is lower, I'm more sensitive, and it gets to me. Now, Facebook has come to her defense. They have a warning for the trolls who bullied her on their platforms, saying, knock it off or we're going to kick you off. Sources at the social media company told TMZ they have basically scrubbed a number of hateful comments left on the star's recent Instagram and Facebook posts that you heard. And they're going to keep tabs on any hate directed towards her moving forward. And if users repeatedly go after Lizzo, they'll be suspended. So what do you think about this latest move from Facebook? You know, it's about time Facebook do something. They get dragged all the time for doing nothing, the bare minimum. I mean, it's about time that they do something to, if they hear and see someone um, talking about they're getting all this negativity and all these horrible, com- um, you know, conversations mm-hmm. that are t- added towards them, I think it's important for a, a social platform to take a stand and be like, no, we are not going to allow pe- you to get attacked. We are not going to allow, you know, you to be torn down in all of these different ways. And um, I, I feel like if more social media platforms would step up in that way and create a more clear, um, you know, community guidelines, not one, not the community guidelines that end up blocking the actual victim of said terrible rhetoric, you know, I think there's a lot of kinks to work out on it but i think this is um i don't know this is this is was a good move on their end and i'm happy that she felt supported yeah it's a good step forward however a lot of people noticed that it's it's interesting to witness facebook publicly rush to the defense of a black artist when there's also so much happening like what about the entire black community or poc community it starts with an artist and like it's interesting to that they do this with such a high profile name and it, in that way, it could feel like a bit of a PR stunt. Yeah, it could. I mean, I could see that argument, but I mean, I'm actually grateful. I'm not looking at it from that angle where I I think, yeah, we know, one, Facebook, if you're still on it, then you're probably of a certain age. Two, um, <laughs> I'm happy that we're seeing yeah. a major media outlet uh, you know, protect a black fat woman in in this media space. I'm not about to compare how they're doing it versus, you know, when it comes to uh, whole communities. I think, yeah, they could be most definitely doing better. But this was a moment in real time where, unfortunately, it was people from our own community kind of attacking her and, and putting awful rhetoric on top of her. So I think, it, at any case, this was a beautiful moment to see, in my opinion. Definitely. It'll be interesting to see if other social media platforms follow suit. And also step it up, calling out specific instances. I mean, we all we know so many celebrities that talk about how they're bullied and trolled online. So which ones will they back and which ones will they leave behind? That's the big question. Well, next up on the show, you can be paid to pretend to live on Mars. That's right. We'll tell you how after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Want to learn how to work on Mars without... Being on Mars, well, Here's the thing. it's possible. I want to talk about that, but I, have, I feel like I want to talk about something else. Can we do that? Okay. Thank you. Um, I'm having a really big debate, and I can't get it out of my mind. I, I have to. We have to talk about this for the next three to four minutes that we have. Am yes, I a terrible person? Am I a terrible person? Period. <laughs> <laughs> no, but am I a terrible person? <laughs> Because I only want to, I don't want to date someone who is 5'3". Oh, Honestly, I don't want to date someone who is 5'5 five, five and under. Can we tease this for tomorrow's show? And we're going to be getting your responses. No, I, I mean, we don't, there's no really responses or anything. But I there just want to know, I'm dating and I'm talking to someone new, but he's like 5'3". And I think, I don't know if it's a gender thing where I'm like, I don't want a guy that I'm dating to be 5'3". Or so... And so I'm trying to wrestle with it because it's like they can't help. A person can't help their shortness. Right. And it's kind of like in similarities of how I'm like trying to reexamine the way that I'm thinking is like if someone's like, I don't want to date a fat person. Yeah, there's and so different it's like, biases it's same and things thing. that relate to physicalities that some people are attracted to or not. And you get to look at that type of judgment and what that means to you. Is it shallow? I guess you can say it could be looked at as at the same time. Like, I do think we all have things we like. Like, you have f- types of clothes that you wear that you like that I'm, I'm First a of different all, person. My clothes look amazing every day. <laughs> but you know what I mean? We day. all have our own tastes. And you could say that includes the type of people we hang out with or 
the type of partners we have. And that could include like an, an attractiveness has to do with what you are naturally biologically attracted to. And that yeah. could and and also physically attracted to, which is visually say, what is attractive to you. I will say our conversations like we've been texting have been great. OK, like I like that. Right. And that's the thing. I don't want to miss out like out from having a partner, you know. True. I, you know, I, yeah. that could be my future husband. Well, that's the thing. I think but this also, is... But also, 5'3"? Well, this is a turning point for you because oh, typically, God. as you said, you would date a certain height or a certain type of person. 5'8 but you're is saying, the shortest I would go. But then you're seeing someone's an amazing person and maybe this is an opening to approach this differently and say to yourself, okay, this isn't typical for me, but, but I'm willing to give this the benefit of the doubt and see how I feel. Is it awful if I say, I just don't want to look like like a, a weird... Like, like huge of, compared to him? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't want to look like we're like fresh out the carnival. <laughs> Is that awful to say? How tall are you, producer Vanessa? Oh. I already told him he was rude about this. I'm 4'11". Oh, you're, if you're he already knows he doesn't like short people, okay. don't date a short no, person. No, but it's okay for a woman. To be shorter. That's, no, and, that is that's true. No, but it's true. In, no, in, that is in hetero, now you're, in you're creating a binary and hetero way of relationships. At this. It's it's interesting, right? In hetero relationships, I'm having real conversation here. In hetero relationships, it's easier to have a a man who is like what? I don't think women are willing to date shorter guys. It's true. It's very true. I've women dated, are not willing to date I've dated shorter, guys. shorter guys, and I know people that have. They're not that Actually, much shorter than what's you. What's a girl from Sunset? The Sunset Show on Netflix. Now she's dating. And she she's a, a hot fool, like they look a fool together. No one but hey, they're laughing as they're having maybe great sex and they're very rich. But together. that's why I'm trying to really come to terms. Like, that's the reason why I brought it up. Because I'm really trying to come to terms with that thinking. Because I don't want to be like, I don't want to, you know, close the door on something that could be really wonderful. So then that's close your answer. That's your, no, 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 no. Close your back door. <laughs> Speaking of back, imagine the bending over and having to kiss. My, I don't know if my back could handle it. All right. So what I would do is, I mean, do you, have you been honest? Like, oh, I've never dated someone that's 5'3"? No, I haven't bought it up. I just saw it. On, my thing is I've actually enjoyed the conversation, which is why I'm keeping the conversation going. So take a leap of faith. Meet with this person safely. Obviously, it's COVID. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to date. And gonna you might be date. surprised. You might say, you know what? I'm willing to overlook this because this person is incredible. And yeah, it and I'll give them some platform shoes for his and birthday. Then, <laughs> and then who knows? Maybe, you make, maybe everything, even sexually, is amazing. And you're like, oh, my God. It won't even matter. That's or, true. Or then it does matter, and then you know what you know. No, that's true. And as we wrap this up, I'm just I'm I'm I am thinking about it critically. Like I'm and not that's just good. There's trying nuances to have a to judgment. It. That's that is good. There. I'm really trying to think about it and think about if I was on the other end and someone was like, which I've had real conversation about. You know, people in a superficial world don't want to date fat folks. And so that is the same thing. Or they, that or I they haven't, put, so they have this idea. Like, just, they just haven't. Well, because society has told them not to. Has society told me that I can't date a shorter guy mm-hmm. and I have to expect a guy to be a, a, a certain type to be deemed attractive? Like, we have to reexamine these things. And I mean, I'm, not, af- I'm not afraid to admit that, you know, my, this thinking may be a little bit problematic, but 5'3 is short. I want to tell you that he's truly 5'1 because oh. everyone that says that they're 5'3. They they add two inches to their what? profile, so Wait, he's actually five one. What? That's it. I'm done. Oh my god, producer Vanessa, what a bomb to drop! <laughs> came out of nowhere. We gotta go on that note. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes Queen. Queer Eyes Bobby Burke is trying out something new on social media. He posted. His first thirst trap to show how he's 40 and it can be fabulous. That's right. The interior designer known for, you know, showing off interior design tips. 40 is not old. Why are he acting like he's old? I mean, that, so I agree. I mean, I tend to agree, but I think it depends on the person. If you're around a lot of younger people or maybe... He's I around feel, people who listen, are around his same age. I feel when I turn 40... are not old. If I'm I, young. When I turn 40, not if I turn 40, when, and I feel like if I posted like a pretty naked picture. You do all the time. 
I guess then it wouldn't be as big of a deal. No, it's, it's because not. he doesn't do it. So I guess this is a big leap for him. Maybe he's coming into his own of sorts. But um, he said, he said, "Am I doing this right?" And he basically, it's him. It's barely half his body. You could see some abs. But good on him. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's. You know what? I've never mind. I I'm excited that he he's forty and fabulous as he puts it, and um, I think you should do whatever you want in the sense of like expressing yourself and showing off that body of yours. Because guess what? He does look great. He looks wonderful. He looks also scary. But as he's, he's also doing not it. old. <laughs> that's that's good. It's true. We're not gonna be ageist here on the show. And also, Brooke is confirmed to join the rest of his Queer Eye team for the Netflix show's sixth season. The premiere date actually was delayed indefinitely due to the pandemic. And he's been grateful for the pause, obviously working on his abs. And that was our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. And that does it for our show today. But we are back tomorrow weekdays here on Channel Q, live 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. On tomorrow's show, as usual, we got What's Trending This Hour, The Tea with Ryan, plus... Some other stories like how free college has become a perk for American workers. How about that? Okay. <laughs> what job do you need to do to get some free college? That's tomorrow. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app and search Let's Go There and subscribe. We're sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Now stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris where he's covering difference between pet peeves, deal breakers, and red flags. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 